0: Every one of you who confesses jesus as lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed and i mean business men and women here homemakers students to belong to jesus is to embrace the nations your heart was made for this
1: ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike, Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18 catalystorg Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the 57th episode of the Made for Mission podcast. I am Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here with Ken Watmore. And uh, uh, Ken, we've gotten into uh, fall and uh, football and all of that. It's a good time of the year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's nice. And it, it's nice. And it's, it's been really beautiful here. The weather couldn't be better I yeah. think, right now
1: yeah and we I even saw um you know this coming week we're still in the kind of high seventies and low eighties, and yeah, I kinda go, we know what's coming right in terms of the snow and the cold, and yeah, we'll take all of this we can get, sure no no <laughs> doubt about it. We get great weather down here, <laughs> yeah, that's right, so. Yeah, so it's a fun time. So Ken, in this episode, we are going to do kind of the third in a series of uh, podcast episodes on the topic of ministry burnout, which you know, is becoming so prevalent. I was just telling you, there's another two or three pastors that have just kind of voluntarily resigned from their pastorates as a result of uh, being burned out. and And so what we're going to do today, Ken, is help some folks who are maybe feeling a little tired you know, folks that uh, are in full-time ministry and, uh, or in the, and, or in the pastorate to say, hey, is there some things that you, that that we all could be doing, or maybe we could just prevent ministry burnout? Because obviously for those who feel called into full-time ministry, we want them to continue to be doing their full-time ministry, right? Because burnout just takes a a big toll on uh, those who go through it. And so, you know, Ken, the other interesting thing about this, and one of the areas I hope we can minister to some people too, is, is I was uh, taking some of my own thoughts about areas where people might be able to avoid burnout and then doing some, also some research on the internet. It's interesting that burnout is not just a ministry thing. Actually, one of the guys that uh, wrote one of the articles that I had read was actually a lawyer. And so he went through burnout. I mean, a lot of hmm. different professions can go through burnout. And I think it's just for those who continue to give and give and are so busy and gosh, all these guys that I know in my church. And I mean, we're just all so busy. Yeah. I mean, it's just easy to, to not, not take care of yourself, right? Cause we're always so busy.
2: Sure. I think that's, uh, in every facet of our life, you know, if you get wrapped up in one thing or wrapped up in whatever you're overall role is, I mean, you see it with moms, certainly that get, you know, they just get so busy and, and then work, I can see, you know, I'm, we've talked about a lot of times I'm busy. I can see where, you know, uh, a little tweak here or there could really help uh, alleviate some, sometimes when you go like, Whoo man, this is, this is a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, that's right.
2: Yeah. I think that um, being prepared, I know that you'll talk a lot about this today, being prepared and making sure that you have some foundational traits, uh, I would say, that to keep you away from burnout will help in any profession. But as we are talking, we're talking about ministry in particular, because with every profession, certainly uh, there's a tremendous value there. But when we talk about the profession of ministry and reaching people for Christ, there's no greater or no
1: something of, of greater importance than that, right? That's the
2: one yeah. thing we're, we're all called to do for sure.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, to- Ken, I've got nine tips for folks to try to avoid burnout, and in particular, we'll be talking about ministry burnout. And uh, the first one, Ken, of course, is kind of where it needs to be, right, in the first position, which is to just continue as you're doing your ministry, continue to cultivate a dependence on God for the strength and power that you need in ministry. And, you know, Ken, as I was, um, before I went through ministry burnout, I would have told you that I had... A dependence on god but i think in fundraising in particular you know i was taking far too much of that responsibility myself and i mean if it is you know just good to remember that it's you know that your ministry is not yours it's god i, right. I remember you know we think we've said it before this hudson taylor quote about uh, god's work done in god's way never lacks god's provision mm, that's right which i think is true and so, if you're if you are lacking in God's provision, I you know I think there just needs to be a tweak there, right? I mean, God is the one who's called you, and He must accomplish His work in you. Therefore, stop trying to control what you can't control and manage what you have no business managing. Which really speaks loudly to me. This includes managing others' opinions of you and their reactions to you. And I think that's good too because you know can i didn't have as much of that when i was in ministry before burnout but you talk to most pastors and uh i mean the emails and the yeah oh man they 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 really a pastor puts up with a lot of stuff from people. Everyone have their own opinion and you got to be doing this and that, and you're not doing this right. And you're not, you know, yeah. it would be extremely hard to be a pastor. I think in today's society.
2: Sure. With, and with quick access, right? I mean, so the yes. minute, the minute you say something from the pulpit, your email box is flooded It is, and your Twitter feed may be full of criticism. Your Facebook page is getting angry posts. So it's really important that last line, the, that includes managing others' opinions of you and their reactions to you. Mm-hmm. I, always go back to this, and you've heard me say it plenty of times, I always go back to Colossians 3.23 and apply it to my kids in sports and apply it to my kids, or ask my kids to apply it to everything they do. Do your work heartily as unto the Lord and not as if you're doing it for man. And right. I tell my kids, if you're working for the Lord, then everybody else needs to be pleased whether they like it or not. Because if you're truly doing the work that God's put in front of you, and if you're doing everything to your fullest ability to glorify Him and honor Him with what He's given you, then... You, the results should speak for themselves and other people can just kind of keep their mouth shut. Yeah. And as a pastor, I think you really have to apply that, right? Hey, yeah, that's right. If you're working for God, you're doing that's what right. God's called you to, this is the message he gave <laughs> you, you know, then don't worry about what other people say. You've got to be able to put that aside and know that God's pleased. Don't worry about people. Yeah, that's right. I think that's really good. Yeah. Within perspective, right? I mean, you, there's some rationale for
1: knowing that you're also serving the needs of the people that yeah. you shepherd. right, right. You don't want to be whatever jerk about it either right (laughs) right or whatever so but certainly that's true i mean it's god's you know god's ministry it's god that you're pleasing can number two is something that i actually put in here on my own which is you know lower your ex. number two is lower your expectations and i put and those of your congregation and your board of directors learn to say no and to delegate by asking others to employ their gifts biblically speaking being a pastor or a ministry leader is not a one man show and i know for me i think i shared it in the first of these three episodes ken but you know for me to ever think that i could have you know i really believed that god could use me to reach you know china for christ and i'm talking about Hey, how could we like reach all of China? And, you know, we're talking about one fifth of the world's population. And, you know, uh, that came from a place of just having a deep heart to see Chinese come to know Jesus. On the other hand, God's going to do what God's going to do. And we work hard at it. But we also know that we have to lower our expectations. You know, you're not going to be, you know, world changers overnight. And uh, I think it's just good to just go, hey, there's some balance in all of this. Right. Which gets to our third uh point ken which is learn to balance your life and pace yourself amen (laughs) yeah Uh, ministry is not a sprint it's a marathon take the long view and realize that sometimes slowing down will make you more effective create margins of time so that you're not always rushed take frequent breaks give yourself permission to take a nap or a rest and uh, i think that's so true i mean there's Part of it with ministry. Now it's true in other professions. I mean, I think even of what you do, Ken. seemingly, you know, with a lot of these professions, are just kind of an endless list of tasks to do. Right? Almost never ending. And so, rather than trying to just, you know, break yourself trying to <laughs> get all this done, sometimes I think, especially in ministry, if you are supposed to be uh, spiritually fit and emotionally fit to do ministry, you know, being busy all the time doesn't help you. And I do think that slowing down sometimes can help you be more effective, but I'm sure some of this resonates with you too. I mean, having some balance in this whole thing and learning to pace yourself is good probably for all of us, isn't it? No,
2: no question about it. And you know,
1: like you and I were just talking before we got on today about
2: I'm at a, a, in a season every year, this in fall, I'm in football and coaching and things. And even though the only football I'm coaching this season is flag football Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for one of my younger boys, and it's only an hour practice and it's only an hour game, but it does, this is the first time in the fall we've had three boys playing football at various levels. And it does create some imbalance to be able to try and get from one game to another or plan how we're going to do things as mm-hmm. a family. And, and as a leader of our family, for me, it you know, it it does it create some pressure to try and put things in focus and keep things balanced. So our season for flag football ends this week. And with that, it gives me uh, already, I feel a little restored balance, alleviated pressure. So. You know, I do think it's so important and I go through it in the smallest ways in my life, you know, multiple businesses, lots of kids Mm in various different things. And it certainly helps, you know, to know that you've got some kind of structure and balance. I think as our daughter, you know, is driving and that, that certainly creates some balance. It helps us so much. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. I think you miss the little things and you have to use them and, and count on them and know how to, how to move things around to, to keep things on pace for yourself and to keep things in the And kind of a steady schedule so that you don't throw things off you know yeah
1: the whole train can derail really quick yeah it can especially if it's you know overloaded so to speak right and so it is the reason too i think ken where why more and more companies bigger companies in particular but more and more companies are putting in their office buildings these you know nap suites you know they're actually finding that employees are more effective if they can have even just a 20 minute rest kind of in the, you know, in the early afternoon that for then for the rest of the afternoon, you're kind of more refreshed and Mm -hmm. it's just nice to have some time where you're not having to, you know, (laughs) think or, you know, do, you know, be at, at, at a maximum capacity all the time, just to have some time just to kind of take a little rest. Or, I mean, I would even think just a 10 minute, just during a lunch break, take a 10 minute walk around the building and just get some sunshine. And I mean, it's just nice to kind of have that break where you're not just, at 100% all the time. Yeah,
2: no doubt. And you know, um a couple things on that, right? They uh we, more and more in this millennial generation, people are not taking lunches. Pe- more and more people just work through the day, at least in our culture here yes. in America. And I would I would caution, you know, there's probably a lot of pastors who are just kind of workhorses going. and they just keep mm-hmm. going and going and you, and you have to take a break and whether it be for lunch or for a walk or, but you got to get away for a minute and take a break. You know, in, in a lot of places in this new This new trend is to—they have these nap pods. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to me. Now I couldn't personally go into a pod in the middle of a bunch of people and take a nap. I just couldn't do it. Oh, okay. But (laughs) but they have this, uh, and in Europe there's a lot of offices that have these nap pods, and they encourage Mm -hmm. people to go take a nap. And it's the strangest thing to me because we, in our culture, we're not. Driven that way, right? But but they the production on the outside of the nap is so much stronger. Yes, so much better. Yeah, that's um, right. Or all over Europe, how how often do they take multiple hour long breaks during the day? And I know in, I'm going to ask you in China. I know they work crazy hours through the night. Yeah, they um, do. But don't they take huge breaks during the day also, so that they can increase productivity?
1: Yeah, and I think just generally the Chinese are known as kind of hard workers. On the other hand, you see them working, and it's never at a very super high, cup. I mean, it's you know, they, I think they do longer hours, but they're just kind of going at a slower pace. Interesting. You
2: know? <laughs> yeah. And so, maybe that's not a bad thing either.
1: Yeah, that's right. So Ken, the fourth one, what we'll do before we take our break is uh, kind of a, kind of a add on to what we were just talking about, but it's number four is take time away to get refreshed, right? Your job as a ministry leader requires for you to be spiritually fit. And uh, Jesus even took, often took Time to withdraw to a quiet place and effectively said no to ministry opportunities, and we should do no less. A practical way to actually implement this uh, suggestion is to regularly schedule your times of refreshment on your calendar and treat them as quote-unquote real appointments, right? And if you're asked to a meeting at that time, you know, that time's already accounted for, and so... I think, you know, it's exercising good stewardship. It'll increase your effectiveness and it'll protect you from burnout. And so, you know, again, it just kind of that. I don't think humans were really made over a long, you know, we're, we're not made to do this, you know, 10 hours a day, 100% going all the time. Over time, that just begins to wear on you. So, okay, let's do this. Let's take our our break. We'll have our friend Tom Muller say a few words. And then when we come back, we've got our other four suggestions on key ways that folks can avoid ministry burnout. And we'll be right
0: back. Hi, I'm Tom Mueller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike.com. At China Resource org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Ken, it's always
1: nice to have uh, Tom Muller with us saying a few words. He's doing a good job over there at uh, KRKS. And I know that's where you had a show, didn't you? You had a radio show over there?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for a little while. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, it's a good deal. There are good folks over there. Well, Ken, we've got our other four tips. And again, this has been a heart of mine, not only because of my own experience, but because there have just been a rash of pastors that have been through um, ministry burnout. And we're just hearing about this more and more. And I think, you know, part of that is just, there's just a lot to do as it relates to ministry, right? That's right. So the next one, Ken, is, you know, something that I think is uh, really helpful for ministry leaders, which is cultivate interests that are not directly related to your work as a ministry leader. Now, Mm -hmm. again, as men, generally, that's probably a good thing for us, right? Just to have some other interests. But particularly, I think just to kind of shut down the ministry, you know, what's going on in your brain, just uh, you're always thinking about it all the time. And, you know, it's just refreshing to engage in activities where you're not the one in charge, the one in the know, the one who must make it happen. So this could just be, you know, sports, gardening, fishing, carpentry, reading, stamp collecting, whatever whatever hobbies you have are just Mm -hmm. some activities that offer a healthy distraction from ministry that will refresh you. And so obviously we're talking about ministry leaders, but that's good for all of us, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no question about it. Highly encourage some kind of hobby, something that you can get involved with that is for you. Um, I think it's important to have things that you do with your family, of course, in addition, but I I think you need something that's just for you too. For me, I love art. I I try and get involved Mm. in doing artwork. That's something I do on my own Um, and I love to fish, but with fishing, it's as, you know, we've got so many kids uh, as I used to fish on my own. Uh, Now all the kids want to go all the time. So it's more of a family thing. So it's good that I have art and maybe music a little bit to sidetrack
1: me on on my own. That's right. Which may be a good distinction too, right? I mean, the fishing, it is something that you enjoy doing. But if you had a bunch of kids with you, it's not completely shut down time either. You're still parenting and you're still...
2: Yeah, so it's important for me sometimes to find a way to get away on my own and fish also, which I haven't been able to do this year, but generally I would take even a morning and go late to the office and just to get on the water myself. Oh, um, right. Because it is such a
1: good, good quality time away and time with the Lord. So uh, uh-huh. I think that stuff's really important. Yeah, that is good. That's great. All right. So Ken, the next one we have is just pay careful attention to your diet, exercise, and sleep patterns, and uh, which is good because You know, if you're not getting enough rest, right, I mean, just we can't underestimate the importance of staying physically healthy and daily exercise. And I know for me, I mean, when I'm running or I've been doing more cycling lately, you know, those endorphins are just kind of God's natural way to kind of keep you happy. They say, you know, these endorphins just kind of keep you happy. And there is just something about that isn't it. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, you have to keep physically healthy as well.
2: No question about it. It definitely, it definitely changes the way you feel. I know. I uh, every day I train my day, when I train in the morning, especially for me, my yeah. entire day is completely different mm. than when I train at night. Yeah.
1: And you know, I think uh, it's critical to get yourself on some kind of routine. Yeah, it really is. And there is something about morning, I think mm. too. But yeah. So next one, Ken, in terms of ways that folks can uh, we can avoid ministry burnout is ministry leaders need friendships and i think it's hard for ministry leaders to have real deep authentic friendships within their own churches or their own ministry Mm -hmm. you know after all they're the ones that are kind of helping everyone else in the church with their problems right but those of us who serve in ministry need deep friendships of our own and it's just important that we encourage ministry leaders to invest in friendships and what i found in terms of church leaders is that's probably not always, but that's generally going to be people outside your church. That's right. That just kind of know you as, you know, not Pastor Dave, but just Dave, my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and so in terms of uh, other ministry leaders, parachurch ministries, and whatnot, I think you could probably have a little bit more of that because a lot of times you're ministering with with people in close proximity, and so friendships can develop, but just those friendships where you have the freedom to share common experiences voice struggles and receive accountability again a lot of times for pastors in particular that that may be hard because mm-hmm. if you're sharing your struggles with people inside your church you just never know how that information's where it's going to go or how it's going to be shared and then you're not going to feel free to share and right you know it's just kind of a unique dy- dynamic but friendships are just crucial aren't they
2: they really are i think for pastors in particular it's good to have a network of pastors that are your friends mm. they're they're at other churches they're dealing with the same issues but maybe in different lights uh, some of them are dealing with other issues in their churches especially if you have churches that are maybe different kinds of congregations right just a different dynamic and i think it'd be important to have pastors that that are close that you can trust and get together once a couple every couple weeks maybe and I think that's that'd be really
1: important that's right yeah and at least in terms of as you're sharing prayer requests with with these other pastors they'd kind of get it yeah they'd kind of know yep like oh yeah I've I've had that same thing you need to be praying for me about that too or shared experiences I think you know would be good yeah to be able to share common experiences would be good and then can the last one we have for folks is one that was very helpful for me which is You know, if you need actual help, you know, get help if you need it. I know that, you know, ministry leaders and pastors are the ones being used, they're just used to being the ones in control. They're the ones doing the counseling. They're the ones who are being there for the ones who are hurting and keeping everyone else all together. I know that some ministry leaders don't believe in being too, you know, introspective and seeing counseling as something that other people need, or they see it as only that you know what other people need. But, you know, I think ministry leaders, and this is going to sound funny, ministry leaders and and, uh, pastors are human too, right? Right. And they're just going to have issues too, right? So to go and I think one of the best things you can do for your ministry, yourself and your family may be to visit with a trusted counselor that can be there for you, provide insight and feedback and kind of help you along the way. And I know for me, one of the ways that unfortunately I didn't do this until after I'd had ministry burnout. But the guy that God brought to me was, this is kind of partially what he does in his counseling practice is he helps people who are in ministry kind of get through ministry burnout. And so I would say, you know, take that proactive step to say, I'm just always on the brink or I'm always really tired. And to go ahead and just get someone again, probably outside of your church that you can just kind of. Receive help from, particularly a, a counselor that you know deals with other pastors, because there are people that you know that specialize in that. It's just crucial in it.
2: Really is. You got to get professional help. I, yeah. I don't know. There's no other way to break that down, right, or say it any differently. Yeah. If you need help, get help. That's. There's no question. And I think that's just hard. And you know, as you've addressed, I, I think that pastors feel so vulnerable when they have to do that. I, I think there are some. Some special people that are out there that are private and pastors don't have to worry about people knowing that they need help, right? I mean, I think that's a really tough spot to be in, but you got you got to get it. I don't know how else to say that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think, the you know, those that are in a, quote unquote, in the helping professions are most at risk for burnout. And so recognizing that you're getting burned out shouldn't require anything as dramatic as, you know, I mean, you're going to get help if anything else is broken on your body or anything else is hurting. And so this is that same thing, you know? So Ken, as we, in this episode, and we have these keys to avoiding ministry burnout. I guess for me, in terms of closing thoughts, I would just say, you know, a lot of these have to deal with sort of caring for yourself and self-care. Right. And so I think it's a thing, again, ministry, it's just easy in ministry to think you're the one who is helping everyone else. But just to kind of care for yourself is just really key. And so that's how I would sort of leave this episode is saying, hey, guys and gals, just do everything you can to pay attention to yourself and how you're doing. And if you feel like you're getting tired more often and you're just kind of out of it more often, you know, take those as real warning signs that you really need help. So Ken, for you, is there any final, as you look through this list and any final thoughts you'd have for folks?
2: You know what? I just would reiterate that in all of this, I think that the, the well, the, number one, cultivate dependence on God. That's obviously the, the, that's right. the baseline, right? But then I think the next thing for me that would, that would uh, in my opinion, would be of importance
1: is to make sure that you're making time away. And it, I think that's so, so critical. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Just kind of get that time, take, take care of yourself. And so, folks, hopefully this has been a help. And I hope that uh, for those of you that are in ministry, you stay in ministry. We need you there. There are a lot of people in this world without Jesus. And so some, you know, we've said it in, a, in previous episodes, some 40% of the world's population are have never heard the name of Jesus. And so a lot of, a lot of work to do. But on the same time, yeah we need you in there because uh so take care of yourself because there is so much to do so thanks for joining us folks take care of yourself and uh, we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the made for missions podcast